Hello and welcome to another episode of the Perfect Strangers Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Furby Montano, otherwise known as Chubby Elvis. And as always, thank you for joining me today. No sponsor for the show this week, so we'll just hop right into it. By the way, you may hear my dog, Izzy, in the background. She wanted to be featured, so you may hear her whining a little bit. Today on the show, we have one of my favorite people on TikTok. Her name is Katie Dobbins. Now, Katie is a musician based out of New England, and she's someone who I saw as a singer-songwriter on TikTok. Kind of did a deep dive on her stuff, on her videos, her YouTube, uh, checked her out on Spotify, and man, I love her music. She's very much someone who writes from the heart and writes the world as she sees it, which I absolutely love in a songwriter. Plus, she's a great guitar player. She's a great vocalist. Just an all-around really great musician. Plus, it was great talking songwriting strategies with her, kind of seeing how she goes about writing music and approaching music, seeing, you know, everything from the chords to the melody to the lyrics. It was a very cool to pick her brain and kind of see how her process works as opposed to mine as a, as a fellow songwriter. So without further ado, I will let you listen up. Ladies and gentlemen, Miss Katie Dobbins, and thank you so much for listening. All right. And we had just said hi a little bit earlier. So hi, nice to meet you on air. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so nice to meet you. I see you all over TikTok and it was really cool that you reached out. Um, and now that we actually get to talk. Yeah, absolutely. I, <laughs> I, I see you almost every day on my phone and it's, I realized like, ah, I've, I've never actually said anything besides like, I like this song on your page. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much for inviting me. This is really cool. No, no, the, it, it's all you. I mean, it, yeah, thank you for coming on. If it wasn't for for people like you coming on, but I wouldn't have a show. So thank you. <laughs> I like your tree behind you. That is super colorful. That is thank you so much. I I have a thing for lights. Um, as you might have seen with a lot of my videos, I always have different lights on and everything. <laughs> and a little bit. <laughs> I was sad to get rid of my Christmas tree, so I was like, I'm gonna put this up as a transitional <laughs> element. <laughs> That's just the the year-long tree, not quite the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brings me joy. <laughs> so um, obviously your first time on the show. Um, would you like to tell people kind of who you are and how we know each other? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am a New England singer-songwriter, and I write folk pop music. I play guitar and piano and obviously I sing. Um, and yeah, uh, the world has been different lately. And so I've gravitated towards performing on the internet a lot. And I started using TikTok, I don't know, maybe about a year ago. Um, and I've met, I've actually like met a lot of cool people there, including yourself. And so thank you. Yeah, that's a little that's a very short summary of me. <laughs> that's awesome. And how, uh, how long have you been writing your own music and performing and doing all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've been playing music my whole life. Like we had a piano in my house always and I would dub around on it. And from a very young age, my parents were like, Oh, do you want to take lessons? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and then I didn't actually, my, I didn't write my first song until like seventh or eighth grade. And okay. it, my first song was actually a co-write <laughs> with a friend of mine who had taught me how to play guitar um, and then she was like, do you want to write a song together? And I was like, yeah. And I didn't know how cool co-writing would now be, <laughs> you know, sure. now it's like the thing to do. Everyone's like, oh, who did you write that with? Um, but yeah, so I, I wrote that with her and then I just fell in love with songwriting. I still have my middle school songbook. It's full of all the boys that I had crushes on and <laughs> all of the feelings that I had going through, like just middle school and friendships and drama and everything. I still have all those. Um, but yeah, I just, I fell in love with it and I performed. I also was in musical theater. So there was like that element of music and I've always been in choirs. I've always loved to sing. So it's been part of my life always, but I didn't actually do it professionally until more recently. Like my mid twenties is when I started making my first album and then um, I went full time with music in the past year. So that's awesome. Congratulations. I know that's a big thing. So that's, that's super yeah. awesome. And yeah, uh, 
I'm sorry, go ahead. I interrupted. Well, I was, was going to say it was a big feat also because I had kind of gone, I think I had got come away from music for a while. Um, like I was like scared of sharing it. And so during my, I would say late teens and early 20s, I kind of just ignored that creative side of myself. And I was like, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go to college and like study stuff. And then I'm going to pursue a career and which was all great. And like, I loved that too, but I was definitely missing something. So it wasn't until I was in my mid twenties that I was like, wait, I actually really love music and I really need to do this. So it's kind of funny how like that happens, right? Like you rediscover things that used to make you really happy as you get a little older. Yeah. It's like getting back in touch with your inner child is how I think of it. I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Do you remember what that, uh, the first song you wrote, do you remember what it was about? I do. We wrote a song about our grandfathers. Oh, we both nice. had had lost a grandfather and then we wrote a song together mm. about it. I'm sorry for your grandfather. That's Oh, yeah. I thanks. It, I mean, yeah, it 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 was cool because we were both obviously sad and then connecting with it wasn't just like, oh wow, music provides a place where I can get in touch with my emotions. It was also like a place for us to connect with each other and that's what music does, right? It brings people oh, yeah. together, which is just so powerful and cool. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're it's, a musician yourself. Yes. Yes, I am. Um, you can't see the bass behind yeah. me, but <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I, I, I am. Um, I've been playing guitar since I was 14, 15. So that's about, well, 18 years now, roughly. So a little while. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I ha- unfortunately, I haven't done much with it. Um, during the pandemic, I've kind of done more TikTok and this stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I would love to get back into it. Um, just for whatever reason, haven't really done it the past couple of years. But yeah, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. You always have it. That's the thing. It's like riding a bike. Like once music is a part of you, and especially with an instrument, you you never forget that. And when oh, you yeah. need it, it's there for you. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. So uh, when you say... so. I assume you used to play out and stuff a lot before COVID because you said you kind of more online now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I had, um, so I lived in Boston or in the Boston area, right outside of Boston for about 10 years before the pandemic hit. Um, and I used to play, play down there a lot. I hosted a monthly show down there at one of my favorite venues. And I just, I love being part of the music scene and you meet so many cool people, Um, and like, there's just a vibe. There's just something magical when you go to, especially like singer songwritery, smaller shows, you know, independent music is kind of my jam. I just love being around it. I get so inspired and it's just magical to hear people tell their stories and to, again, like that connection. And so I've really missed that during the pandemic, but it also gave me time to kind of look inward more and, work on music in a different way. Um, and I've actually, I know live streaming has a bit of a bad rep, but I've actually really loved it. So <laughs> I guess that's a good thing too. Um, I feel like it's been pretty, a pretty fun alternative. So, yeah. I, I think live streaming has actually kind of changed the way people view live music, honestly. Um, like I can't tell you how many people I've watched that I would have never heard of before. Just yeah. I'm like scrolling on TikTok or YouTube and I'm like, oh, they're pretty good. That's how I found you, honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's so. so cool. I love that. And I, I, um, the monthly show that I used to run in the Boston area was called Songwriter Roundup and it would be myself and then three other songwriters every month and it would change, you know, the guests would change monthly. Sure. Um, and I've actually restarted it virtually. And like you said, it's cool because I've been able to bring people on who are tuning in from Nashville or who are like streaming in from um, last night, someone was on from new Orleans. And so I'm like, we wouldn't get to play together, you know, if, if we weren't live streaming from all over. So it is a really cool element. Yeah. I, I, I've had a couple of people on who have said uh, it's actually helped their songwriting because they can get a different perspective. Like one, one woman that I had on um, a few weeks ago, she had said that when she was writing, she would fall into ruts and she didn't know how to finish songs. And she actually found a guy who lived in Dubai who helped her with that. And they became like songwriting partners. Now they're like looking at putting out an album together, which is wow, crazy. 
That's so cool. That's also really brave to like, I haven't, I haven't taken that leap to creatively try anything (laughs) new with somebody. Um, But I, I've also heard stories like that. And I think it's really brave of people to do that because collaborating over the internet, like I think could be either really great or it could be really (laughs) awkward. (laughs) Fair enough. You know, but um, but most of the stories I've heard have all been success stories, and everyone's like, "You've got to try so- like co-writing over Zoom." And I just haven't bitten the bullet yet, but maybe I'll give it a try. Have you uh, have you tried co-writing like in person with people before? I have. I feel like I was kind of just getting into it and wanting to do more of it before the whole pandemic thing started. Um, but I do have a couple of songs in my catalog. Um, that aren't released anywhere yet, but that I did co-write with people and they're some of my favorites. So I definitely want to do more of it, but I don't know what it is. It like makes me so nervous, even though it shouldn't. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but I do have a couple. And of course the one I wrote in eighth grade, you know, but I don't remember that one. So (laughs) Oh man, that would be awesome if you did. I would have you play it. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't put you in the spot. (laughs) Oh, you haven't played it in 15 years. Try it now. (laughs) Do it now. Perfectly. Come on. Come on. You got this. I actually, I, I, so I have a, a Patreon page to support my music and I call it the Starlight Lounge because my little home studio is called the Starlight Recording Studio. And I put on these monthly exclusive shows in there and they're all request shows. And in my last show, somebody requested a song from like 2015 that I haven't, that I probably haven't even played since 2015. And I, I stupidly was like, Oh, I don't really remember how it goes, but sure, let me give it a try. <laughs> you know, it's an original and I just totally butchered it. <laughs> but I was like, you requested it. This is an all request show. I'm going to try it. And then I was like, <laughs> I should not have tried that. <laughs> yeah, that's happened to me before, too. Um, I, I remember one time someone asked me for a song that I wrote that I hadn't played in probably about three or four years at that point. Yep. They were like, oh, I love this song. Just play it. And yeah, I got through it, but uh I, I forgot words and they were like, oh, well, thanks for playing it anyway. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was, I was like making up the melody and it was not right at all. And I was like, this is horrible. But my, my motto and my logo and everything is, I don't know if you can see that well, but it's yeah, be you, it. be brave, be free. So yeah. everybody was like, just do it, be brave. And I was like, oh, they're like using my own motto on me. I got to do it now. <laughs> So man, there you have it. That's when you know you have to like accept that challenge when they're like using your own words yeah. against you. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it was it was fun. So uh, I I listened to your music and um, it was you. very different than I was expecting. If I'm being honest, really, in, in, in a good way. In a good way. Um, I was expecting it to be a lot more singer songwriter just from what i saw on tiktok Mm. which which it is but it was a lot bigger than i was expecting which was a very welcome surprise oh Uh, thanks so much yeah i really enjoyed it my favorite one was um i'm blanking on the name now um unsent letters oh yeah Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that song that was my favorite one thank you so much Yeah, yeah so that's that's on my record there is light and um Yeah. So most of the performing I do is solo. So that totally makes sense to me because I'm always playing acoustically um, with my guitar or my piano. And so it's very stripped back. But then when I made the album, I was able to um, bring session musicians in and I worked with a producer down in the Boston area who's super talented. And we were really able to build out all the songs. I hope still keep the, I feel like we still kept the true like vibe of all of them. And my, my intention from day one was like, I want, if people hear the, if people hear me live and then they buy my record or go listen to the record on Spotify or whatever, I don't want them to feel like it's a completely wildly different experience. Like I want it to still feel cohesive and true to me as an artist, but I also want it to like provide this fun element, you know, and really like build these songs out. So I feel like we found a pretty good balance of that, but yeah, I love the record and I spent about a year making that one. Well, it, it it definitely shows because you can tell you spent your time, excuse me, took your time doing it and it came out really awesome. So thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. of course. And yeah, uh, I've been, I like, I, I, I know I, I, I know I need to like put out more music, but I love that <laughs> album so much. I'm like, I don't know what to do next. Like, <laughs> I just like that one. <laughs> I think, I think the best thing to do a lot of times is just sit on it until something you know, sparks that in you again. Cause yeah, 
so often yeah. I've seen artists and I even have friends who they'll they'll put stuff out immediately after they put out something a year ago. And then they, they're not really like, not that I'm saying this would happen to you, but they're like, eh, you know, I wish I would have waited. I probably could have done that a little better. I could have tweaked that or I could have written a better song or I have some, you know, yeah, musicians absolutely. always second guessing yourself. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just part of the, part of the game really. <laughs> um, I, right now I've been focusing on learning how to produce stuff in my home studio and just see like what, how far I can go with that, what I can do if I, I don't know if I'll put any of it out, but I'm at least learning, which has been really fun. Um, so we'll see where that takes me. I don't know, but I love like, I love the idea. I, I, I'm old fashioned in that I really like records and albums and like the story that an entire collection of songs can tell, and it can take you on this journey from start to finish. And that the industry is moving away from that in a lot of ways, um, which is like fine. And, but it's also hard for me because I'm like, I'm like, what is this huge project that I should do next? And like, what's the vision for it going to be? But I think my mindset is shifting more towards, well, maybe I don't need to think that big and maybe I can just have fun with whatever I feel like working on in the moment, which might just be a single song. And that's kind of the way the industry is moving anyway. So I don't know if any of that made sense, but yeah, so I'm, (laughs) I completely get it. I completely, as a matter of fact, I, when I saw your There's Light album, you have quite a collection of songs in there. And I was like, oh my God, she did a whole album. This is awesome. It's not like an EP. Like I haven't seen someone do that in a long time. So oh, really? Good. That, that, was, that was honestly my first thought before I heard anything. So yes, I get exactly awesome. what you mean. <laughs> yeah. And I, it, I, I felt like it was, om- it wasn't really a concept album, but it was like, I feel like it had these underlying themes for me. And then it's like, then it's like fun to market it. And then it's fun to do the album release shows. Cause you can do it all around this theme of the record. And I don't know. I just have fun with all that stuff, but I'm learning how to make my own music and maybe I'll just do like one song at a time or something. I don't really know what's next. We'll see. I think John Mayer does it right. I'm not sure if you're a John Mayer fan, but I'm a fan, but I can't say that I'm like up to snuff with what he's doing (laughs) at the moment. Fair enough. What he did for his last album is he released over the span of about three years, he released about five or six songs. And he put them all in his new album, but he, then he had the rest of the album along with it. Mm. So it was kind of like you already knew what was going to be on there. So it was a little familiar, but there was new stuff too. And then every song kind of gets its time to shine, which is yeah. nice. Cause sometimes you have your favorites, like you liked Unsent Letters. I'm so happy to hear that. Cause it's one of the ones that I feel like, I just feel like songs kind of get lost on an album. You know, mm. you're, you're not highlighting unless you release, like you said, a series of singles, which I didn't do. So <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's just like an attention span thing, right? Like nowadays people don't want to sit down and listen to a whole album for whatever reason. I still do, but I know I'm very much in the minority. Like my fiance, when I try to put out an album, she's like, oh my God, would you just play something else already? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, and I love listening to music in my car, right? And they're not even putting CD players in cars anymore. So if that's where you might've sat and listened to the CD for, and it used to be an experience, like, you open the CD, you've got lyrics to the songs, maybe a little backstory, like a bunch of photos of the making of the art project. You know, there's like, mm-hmm. so you open it, you already have this experience before you even start listening to the songs. And then you put the CD in and like you you took an action, like you physically chose, this is the CD I'm going to listen to on my drive today. And now it's just like, with the click of a button, you can be like, like eh, never mind, I'm not into that anymore. You know, <laughs> I don't know, but whatever things change, you know, I, people, I know a lot of people who are like really upset about the potential evolvement away from CDs and the albums and stuff. But I'm like, you know, things are always changing and we'll, we'll be fine. We'll find a way to still make it impactful and creative, you know? I mean, I think it's interesting how the, the kind of digital way that music is is being consumed now kind of revived vinyl uh, i that was very weird to me it's like vinyl was like this thing when i was a kid it was yeah. just ancient and then all of a sudden probably starting about what 10 years ago or so everyone all of a sudden was buying vinyl again yeah it's like the cool thing to do now like we're making a a spin on vinyl you know first 100 people get theirs and it's like people are really into it i don't have a record player 
So oh, shame on I, you. I know. Oh, no. I know. No, <laughs> I know. I've been, I've been, I've gotten rebuked for that a few times. <laughs> I, I honestly got one because I found a really good deal on one at a pawn shop. Other than that, I wouldn't have one. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's amazing. About it. Yeah. yeah I, f- I found a really nice one um, from the 80s for 40 bucks. Uh, and it was, that was like insane. You could find That's those. That's so cool. Yeah. And the guy was like, oh, I know that's worth more than that, but go ahead. That's what we have it for. So. And yeah. you're, now when you show people, you're like, yeah, it's vintage. <laughs> you're like, it's older than me. <laughs> That's cool. So who are some of your uh, biggest influences? That's a great question. I grew up on pop, right? Like I grew, I grew up on NSYNC, Britney Spears, you know, all of the like boy and girl bands of the 90s. <laughs> so, but Same. I don't like, I, I think it might influence my songwriting um in a way, but I, but my songwriting is definitely not like nineties pop, as you know, from my, (laughs) from my album. But I, I really believe that like everything influences you in some way, even if you don't, even if it doesn't necessarily come out in your final art, um, everything that we experience, everything that we intake, everything that we listen to just like becomes part of who we are and part of our perspective. So that I'm sure has influenced me, um, and also Taylor Swift. I, her and I are pretty much the same age. I, I feel like I grew up with her, even though she doesn't know me, obviously. Um, but yeah, I love, I love her ability to create so many different kinds of music and play with genres and still stay connected to her fans and like bring them on this journey with her throughout her entire career. I just think she's done such a good job of that. So I look up to her a lot. And also, um, I'm also influenced by worship music. Uh, I've been listening to worship music, you know, in the church and on my own since I was a teenager. So there's definitely like some elements of that. Like some of those builds, I think I I have incorporated into different bridges on different songs and things like that. Sure. Um, and the majority of my inspiration, though, just comes from other songwriters. Like like I was saying, I get so inspired just by listening to other um, music that I haven't heard yet. Like anything that's new to me, I'm like, yes, this inspires me. And kind of like sure. hearing other songwriters talk about their process and their songs. And yeah. Well, what, what's your process then? If you had to. What is my process? <laughs> <laughs> um, this is not probably the correct answer, but. <laughs> I, don't, but I don't think there's a wrong answer to it, just so you know. So. I, I say that because like, I think that the correct songwriter answer and advice is that you should always be writing and you should always be pushing yourself outside the box, finding influence from everything. And like, even when you're not in the mood, you should be writing because that's how you hone your craft. I know in my mind that that's the correct answer. However, that is not what I do in practice. (laughs) I really tend to, I really do tend to just write when it, when it hits me. Um, And oftentimes that's in a, in the car on a long drive. And I just like, my mind starts wondering and I start thinking of melody, melodies and lyrics always come to me, usually come to me first and kind of at the same time. And so I'll be driving and then this is not right either. I'll open my phone (laughs) very carefully though. Um, and I will just like record in the, in my voice memo app, whatever I'm, whatever's in my mind. And then like later when I feel like it, I'll revisit it and go, Oh yeah, let's put music to that. Um, that's how a lot of my songs have been written (laughs) is driving in the car or yeah, sometimes I'll just be at home, like watching TV or just doing anything. And all of a sudden I'll be like, I have a song coming and I will just like leave the activity and go write the song. And like that, those ones are cool. Cause usually those are written all in one sitting. Oh yeah. So every now and then I have sat down to intentionally write a song with someone else or by myself, but usually that's not how it works for me. <laughs> usually they just come. <laughs> no, I'm the same way. Um, first of all, I think the whole, like, you need to be writing all the time and hone your craft. Part of my friends, I think it's a bunch of bullshit that people <laughs> spew just to like, I don't want to say shame people, but almost like the, hmm, look what I'm doing type of thing. 
And well, you always I, feel like you're not doing enough though, because as an, yeah. as a creator, like you're not just writing, like there's so much to this whole business that it can be hard to think like, I have to write every day. I have to be on TikTok every day. I have to, um, I, I have to like send out e- booking emails every day. I have to like check in with my, whatever, like there's just so much to it that you can start to feel really overwhelmed and paralyzed if you get too hard on yourself about like, have I checked all the boxes today that I'm supposed to be doing as a writer or as a whatever? So I agree with you. I think it can be damaging if you're too like strict with yourself, but habits are good. It depends also on the person. I interrupted you continue. No, no, no. (laughs) You're, you're good. No. Um, Basically, I was just saying, I, I think that it should be whenever it's it's con- not convenient for you, but whenever it comes to you. That can be sitting there and actually physically writing something, or it can be just like you said, you're in the car and, oh, I have an idea, and you record it real quick on your phone. I, I think it just, yeah. There, there's no right way to do it, I think. I think the most important thing mm-hmm. is that, for me anyway, is that I always am keeping my mind and my self open for that experience to happen so that if I am sitting watching TV with people and suddenly I feel a song coming on, am I going to ignore the song and be like, well, this is inconvenient. I'm in the middle of doing something. Or am I going to say, oh guys, like I'll be right back and like go into the bathroom or like go upstairs and just like jot down my ideas real quick because this gift has just come to me and I want to retain it and make sure that I listen to it, you know? So it's like, for me, it's just always being available to listen when the idea does come and not shut it down or ignore it, I guess. And what, what, what has been like your, I don't want to say your favorite song because that's not a fair question to ask anyone, but (laughs) (laughs) what has been like the, the song where you, I don't even want to say the most proud of, I'm not even sure what I'm, what I'm trying to ask here. Um, What's the song that kind of came to you the easiest? Would you, would you say that that's, I guess that's what I was asking. Hmm. Let me narrow that because I have so many and let me think about just my album. There is light. Um, well, no, the song that came the easiest, I actually do know what that was. It was recently, it was last summer mm-hmm. and I like, this is why I keep using the TV example. Cause I was literally watching TV with my family Sure. And I, I just like stood up and left because <laughs> I think something <laughs> in the TV show must have triggered a memory or something for me. Um, and then all of a sudden I was having all this imagery in my mind and like these lyrics were forming and I was like, I didn't even say anything. I just literally got up and I went upstairs and I think they thought I just went to the bathroom, but I literally went upstairs, took my guitar out and wrote the entire song. And then I came down and I was like, I wrote a song. And they were like, is that where you went? Like you just disappeared. What's wrong with you? And I was like, do you want to hear it? Um, And yeah, that doesn't always happen, but when it does, it's really magical, but that song's not recorded anywhere because it's kind of newer, but it's called still standing there. You can find it on I, there is a video, I think, on YouTube. <laughs> okay, I'll try. I'll try to check it out. Yeah, I I have a quote. I have you reminded me of something that happened to me. Um, that happened to me one time where something just kind of sprung. Um, when I was in music school, um, I was seeing this girl, and she was. What over music a, school did you go to? Uh, I went to Musicians Institute in California. Oh, cool. That's yeah, this, awesome. This is a long time ago. <laughs> I graduated almost 10 years ago, but if I could go back, I would definitely go to music, music school. I think honestly, That's really cool. I, I wouldn't No, <laughs> I'm honest. I, well, I the enjoy- grass is always greener. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the experience. I enjoyed my time there. It was a blast. I learned a lot. I met a lot of people. Um, honestly, it made me into one of those musicians, like the pretentious know-it-all types. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's not for everyone. It just, I don't think it was really for me. And uh, I think it kind of hindered me a lot when I got out. Oh, was, that's too bad. Yeah. Cause I was kind of looking for like, oh no, it needs to be this. It needs to be this. And I think I was, I was a little judgy. And then looking mm-hmm. back now, I'm like, yeah, you were being that guy. You probably shouldn't have done that. Judgy <laughs> toward yourself, you think? Towards myself and honestly towards other musicians, which was not cool. Um, I never voiced it, but in my head it was there. 
Um, right. Yeah. And so. the prob- the problem with that is that it does always come back to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. if you start having those judgy thoughts about other people, it, you end up, it, it inhibits your own creativity too. Cause then you're also probably likely being hard on yourself. Oh yeah. No, oh, that's I, too bad. But I mean, now I, I genuinely enjoy playing music, um, which is awesome. And anyone that I play with now, it's, it's fun. Like I do it for, for fun. We play out. I've been in a ton of bands and mm-hmm. gig, you know, before the pandemic, I gigged all the time. So that was all, always the fun part of it. Right. Um, but when I was in music school, I was uh, seeing this girl at the time and she was at my apartment and we were watching, she was watching like discovery ID, that old show. Um, it's, it's like unsolved, like cold cases. Okay. Um, so she was watching it and, uh, there was this one about someone who had been kidnapped. <laughs> I know, I know. And um, as they were going, I was like, huh. So I just was on my phone on a note typing out a song about like someone being kidnapped. And I wrote, wrote the whole thing. When it ended, she was like, what were you doing? Who were you texting? I was like, oh, I wrote a song. And she read the lyrics and broke up with me. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wait, are you kidding me? No, seriously. She broke up with me because of it. That must have been so damaging to you. Like... Great. I shared this very personal creative side of myself <laughs> and then you left me. Like what? It was it was interesting. Like she said, I think I have to go. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can drive you. She goes, No, like, like, I don't think we should see each other anymore. And I was like, wait, what? Why? She goes, Well, that, that song was was disturbing. You wrote about someone being kidnapped. It's like, yeah, well, we're watching the thing, and it just no my- the irony of like the fact <laughs> yeah. that she's watching an entertainment show about <laughs> right. kidnapping. <laughs> That's so interesting. I'm sorry that you had that experience. I imagine that that <laughs> doesn't help with your creative bravery. <laughs> no, you know, I'm the type of person that I was like, that was kind of, because it wasn't like we were serious or anything at that oh. point. So it was one of those things where I was like, huh, okay. So my <laughs> songwriting isn't for everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's so interesting. Um, but in terms of getting inspiration from TV shows, I have been inspired by that many times. <laughs> like I was watching a TV show one time, The Bold Type. I don't know. If it's I'm not probably, It might not be your type of show. I don't know. But it's like three <laughs> best friends who live in, I think, New York City, and they go through all this life stuff together. Um, and this girl was going through a breakup, and it was taking her a long time, she felt like, to get over it. And she felt bad because she was like, holding her friends back from having fun too. Cause she never wanted to do anything. She just wanted to like stay home. She was sad. Sure. And her friend was like, you know, don't be so hard on yourself. There's no expiration date on a heartbreak. And I was like, that's, that's a it. Great line. That's a great <laughs> that's the line. song. <laughs> um, yeah. It's cool when that happens. And then you end up writing something that you never would have written because it's not your experience, but you bring elements of your own life journey into it as well. And it ends up being a really cool process. No, I couldn't agree more. And the, so the songs that you do write, um, I know you said you like an album to kind of take people on a journey. Do you like your songs to do that too? Or do you like to do more like metaphorical type of stuff? I do a lot of metaphorical stuff. I'm trying to challenge myself to write more directly about what I'm writing about um, and like be more, I don't know. Yeah, like, because I do think I write in the abstract a lot and there's elements of, you know, details and reality. And like, there are parts of my story intertwined in there, but it's definitely a lot of it is left to interpretation of the listener, which I do. I do love. That's kind of my Mm go-to. But coming home. So I moved back to New Hampshire during the whole pandemic temporarily, and then just ended up staying and am really enjoying being back. So But coming back, I was flooded with all these memories that I haven't thought about since I used to live here, you know, growing up. And so I ended up writing a a bunch of songs about things that happened forever ago and kind of like reliving those memories. And those were cool because I felt like I was really digging into the details of those moments. And it was much more direct description of of that experience that I had, which is kind of different than what I used to do or normally do. That's great. Yeah. So it's fun to try it all, I guess. Kind of cool. You can see a situation from like different eyes, you know, 
when you're a little more removed from it. That's that's pretty cool. And that is often my experience. I tend, if I'm writing something really personal, I tend to not write about it while I'm going through it. It's more like five years or 10 years after I'm like, here's a really powerful breakup song. And everyone's like, but you haven't had a relationship in <laughs> like seven years. And I'm like, I know, but I'm finally able to write about this <laughs> for some reason. Um, but yeah, sometimes it's harder to write about it when you go through it. I also write about other people's stories a lot. Like me too. I have a lot of songs about that actually have nothing to do with me, except that I relate to the emotions that they might be going through. So I incorporate that in the song, but yeah, I'm totally inspired by other people. Yeah, I, I do too. I have a I have a song actually about my future in-laws. Um, they had my fiance when they were very young. They were 18 and 19 when they had her, or 19 and 20, 19 and 20 when they had her. Um, <clears throat> but one day I just wrote out like their story pretty much. And I haven't played the song for them because kind of afraid to. <laughs> That's so cool. But, but I kind of wrote about them like, you know, being 18 and 19 and like, young kids in love and then she gets pregnant like holy shit what do we do you know yeah um by the way i, I curse quite a bit i don't know if you're okay with that i just that's fine it. <laughs> <laughs> it's your show i'm just i'm just along for the ride <laughs> no i see i i realized the last one that i had i do curse a lot then i'm like huh i should probably make sure that people are okay with that before i do it <laughs> that's very sweet of you but you do you <laughs> well, thank you i appreciate that um so what um, who would you say is like your biggest, like who, I don't know if you're, cause it, like me, I like to mimic certain people sometimes in my writing style. Do you do that at all? Or do you kind of have I, your own thing you like doing? I don't. Um, like I said, I think I definitely have subliminal influences. I'm sure from everything I listen to and everything that I experience. but I sat down to do a co-write with somebody once and it turned out we had very different writing processes in that he did what you're talking about. Like he was very much like, whenever I write, I'm trying to emulate this artist. Like this is who inspires me. This is what I like that he does. And like, this is kind of, I'm trying to write in this vein. And he was asking, posing a similar question. Like, who is that for you? Like, who are you trying to emulate? And I was like, I don't do that. And that was the first time I realized that I really don't I don't think like that when I write. I just, I don't know. I just write. And that's not to say that I'm not influenced or that I might not end up sounding like somebody else because obviously we all, again, you have all these inputs every day of your life that are influencing you, but it's not, I don't intentionally try to be a certain way or like write a certain format or anything like that. Okay. That's fair. How about you? Um. <clears throat> So it, it's kind of changed over the years. Um, I've noticed that my music tends to not necessarily mimic, but it sort of sounds inspired by people who I'm into at the moment. Um, so like very recently I've been into like Jason Isbell or Tyler Childers. Not sure if you've heard of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one, yes. Second one, no. Okay. Uh, very like Americana type stuff, which mm-hmm. I've, I've never really played that stuff before, but that's what's been coming out. Um, if you would have asked me this like 10 years ago, it was a lot more like Southern rock and, mm. you know, that type of stuff. So it's, it's ever cool. evolving, but, but it, it, I definitely make a conscious effort to be like, okay, I've been listening to this. There must be a reason. Let's, let's explore that and try to make that type of sound, you know? That's cool. And I, I think I'm probably going to be doing more of that as I continue learning how to produce music here because I'm going to be wanting to listen to like reference tracks and, you know, okay, this, I wrote this song, it's already written. This is the kind of style I think I'm going to go for in production. And I think that it would be wise probably to listen to other (laughs) songs that have been produced in a similar style and just kind of like listen to what's going on. Um, So I'll probably be doing more of that as I like get into my own making of the song like actually fleshing it out but in terms of the writing process I don't I just feel like I can't oh I can't like think too much when I write you know sure um but I have rewritten songs before after getting feedback and like and thought (laughs) (laughs) and actually used my brain (laughs) 
um, and like really thought about, okay, this is sure. I like the way I wrote the song, but am I really communicating exactly what I want to say? Is there a way I can say this better? And so I, that's also something that I'm trying to do more of is like revisiting songs that I, that just came to me or that I just like and saying, okay, I like it, but that's not good enough. Like how are other people going to relate to it and what can I do to make this even better? So that's definitely something I do sometimes and hopefully more of. Have you ever had the ego hit when people give you feedback on your song and they don't like it? Or I don't know if you've ever had someone say they don't like your song. Oh, I was performing at an open mic in Nashville and someone literally, (laughs) someone literally yelled, all of you are so generic. This is like so boring (laughs) in the middle of, I was, I was playing a song about, (laughs) about losing my dog, (laughs) but it wasn't, it doesn't even have the word dog in it. Like, it's not like that. I mean, it's, I don't think, well, I'm biased. I like my songs. That's why I play them. Like, (laughs) if you're not your biggest fan, then who is, you know what I mean? People, people who are like, I don't like my own stuff. I'm like, really? Then how do you play it all the time? Like, come on, you must like it. But I don't know, maybe they don't, but I, I do like my songs. (laughs) But anyways, so I was playing this like super emotional song. I was like feeling emotional about it. And someone literally yelled that when I was playing and I was like, it was really awkward, (laughs) but that didn't bother me. Cause I mean, it was awkward, but I was just like, okay, whatever. Like there's always going to be you know, just like on, on TikTok or on any social media app, there's always going to be somebody who has something negative to say, you know, and who takes the time to comment and say something that you don't want to hear. And it's just like, I don't know. You just have to chalk it up to like, I don't know that I think my success, my impact and my connection with the people around me does not depend on everyone liking me. And my success doesn't depend on one negative comment. You know, I think if it was like hundreds of people were being like, you suck, I hate your music, that would definitely get to me. <laughs> but, um, but I, I feel like I'm, I mean, it, it's always hard. Like, so say you're actually seeking feedback, like you're talking about, cause I do submit songs, um, into some different things that I'm a member of and I look for feedback and it's hard getting feedback, you, you want everyone to go, you're amazing. Wow. You're so talented. Like, that's great. Obviously that's, that feels good. But when I'm asking for feedback, I genuinely like, I want to be good at this. I want to write good music. I want people to understand what I'm saying. And if that isn't happening, I want to know so that I can get better. Um, I also know music is really subjective. So like someone may listen to it and say, I didn't connect with it because of this line. And another person might listen and say, I connected with it and I really liked that one line that the other person didn't like. So it's kind of like, you have to stay true to yourself and, you know, but you also have to be open to listening to what others have to say because that that's how you grow. But you also have to know when to say, okay, thanks for your feedback, but like, whatever, I love the song. <laughs> I'm not changing it. You know, it, it's fair. a balance. I don't know it a long-winded answer, but I am at a place in my life where like when I was part of the reason I didn't play music for a while is because I was in my own head about it. And I was like, oh, people aren't going to like it. I have nothing to say. There's people better than me. And when I came out of that and got back into music, it was a huge breakthrough moment for me. And I feel like I'm just at a place now where I'm like, I don't have time for that to get to me, you know? That's awesome. Like either use it to make me better or, or put it out of my mind and move on kind of thing. No, that's a, that's a great answer. No, it wasn't long winded at all. That was a great okay. answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very chatty. So sometimes I'm like, Oh, sorry. Someone <laughs> I, asked me on TikTok live the other night, how long I've been playing music. And my answer was like three minutes long. <laughs> it's like, sorry. You're like, well, let's start from the beginning as a small <laughs> child in New Hampshire. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> However, I do have a great line for you if there's a heckler to show. Um, feel free to use it. It's a little bit vulgar. But feel free <laughs> to use it. When someone heckles you, if it's in a bad way, just uh, in the middle of like a single, like while you're singing, just go, hey, fuck that guy. And then when everyone goes, oh, just stop playing and then go, no, seriously, someone please have sex with that guy. He needs it. And then move on. <laughs> that would definitely be very odd coming from me. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> 
I was going to say that might work a little bit better for me than you, <laughs> but you're welcome uh, to try it. If it you'd would like. definitely, it would definitely give a, a very large shock factor. <laughs> <laughs> I heard, I don't even remember who I heard say that, but I thought it was the funniest thing because they did it at an open mic night where there was like four people there and we were all, it was just musicians. There was like one guy oh at the my bar gosh. and someone said that because the guy who was just there yelled that and he said that exact line and all of us were dying laughing it was so funny and then from then on out they were good like everyone was like okay i'm honing yeah. in on this guy yeah but, yeah that's funny yeah so I, it's it, it's i i think any time that you pursue anything creative or anything out of the box or i don't know there's just always going to be haters you know so you just, it's like you can let them win or you can just be like okay well you're weirdly negative whatever opinion or words like don't need to dictate my life so you have fun with that <laughs> it's weird how people feel the need to cut people down for some reason exactly that's what i'm getting at yes exactly it's weird <laughs> very weird mentality to have i don't i don't understand it but to each his own i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i have i have an important question to ask you because you did mention okay. 90s pop who was your Uh-oh. boy band? Who was your boy band? Oh, NSYNC. Definitely. NSYNC? Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite? Were you a Justin girl, JC? I didn't really care about the individuals. Okay. <laughs> I really didn't care. Like, I didn't really like care about them as individuals. I wasn't like, oh my God, I have a crush on, I have a crush on JC. I just liked the music and the dancing and I was really into it. I used to throw karaoke parties in my basement, um, nice. like on my birthday and stuff. And it, I was always doing NSYNC, NSYNC, Britney Spears. Nice. Yeah. You're, you're right there with my sister. She was, well, she was more Christina Aguilera, but she loved NSYNC. Yeah. I, I myself was a 98 Degrees fan, the man band. Yes. I love 98 <laughs> Degrees too. Yeah. I, but I, I, NSYNC, I, it was either NSYNC or 98 Degrees. Ah, which one? One of them was my first ever album like CD I, that I owned. I just always thought 98 degrees. It was a stretch to call them a boy band. Cause they were like pushing 30 at the time when they came out. <laughs> <laughs> so I always called them like the, the man band, if you will. Were but, they really pushing 30? I did not know yeah. that. I think Nick Lachey was like 32 when they hit big. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I mean, good for them. I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I didn't know that. Um, it's not like today. I feel like it's like, the boy bands today are all like 14 or I don't know. Yeah. I don't even know if that's true. <laughs> everyone looks 14. Once, once you hit 25, yeah. everyone younger than you is 14. If yeah. Not yeah. <laughs> right. That's cool. What was your favorite NSYNC song? Um, well, it's not one that you would expect, but um, my favorite one was this. I promise you, which is a slower one. You know it. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, that's the one. Is that that's the one where they had like the bubbles and stuff in the video, right? I don't remember the video, but it's a slower song and it's, you know, a love song and the harmonies are killer. And I don't know, there's something about it. I listened to it on repeat. My uncle and I used to go to Boston every year for my birthday and go see (laughs) figure skaters um, like Michelle Kwan. And we used to go see Champions on Ice because I was a figure skater and I was younger. And we listened to that song on repeat the entire ride down to Boston, <laughs> which is about two hours. <laughs> so tell me about figure skating. Cause I, I know nothing about that world and I'm always so intrigued by it. How, how did you get into it? What's, what's that like? I don't know how I got into it. I just took lessons from a pretty young age. Um, my cousin and I are the same age. We both would figure skate together I would take um, group lessons. And then when I got old enough, I started taking lessons by myself. I never did. I did a lot of shows, figure skating, you know, different routines and stuff on my own, but I never did competitions or anything like that. It was always just fun. Um, but it's it's a blast. And it's, again, like music, it's something you don't forget. So sure. I can still put, I can still dust off the old skates, put them on, feel like a fancy figure skater for about two seconds on the ice with my limited tricks that I can do. But, um, yeah, it was so much fun. I wasn't into sports really. So that was kind of my physical outlet, I think for a long time. And what, what's, what's it like? So I, I've been, I'm from New Mexico. So figure skating is like nowhere near me. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but we did have an ice skating rink. So I just used to skate every now and then. Um, what, what's it like though, actually doing tricks and like jumping and all, because I would, I was too terrified to do that on, <laughs> on ice for me. I was, I was an athlete, but not on ice. On ice, I was like holding the rail and stuff. So Yeah. Well, what, how old were you when you were trying to learn? Um, I think the first time I went ice skating, I was probably about eight or nine. Maybe, no, okay. no, I wasn't that young. I was maybe like 11 or 12. Um, the first time I went, I was going to say, I must've learned young enough that I wasn't scared yet. You know, okay. it's kind of like skiing. Well, I don't know. Do you ski? <laughs> I've been skiing before. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of like skiing. Like if you learn young enough, you're like not you're not fully aware yet or afraid yet of the danger that could befall you, you know, if you tumble down the mountain or whatever. But um, ice skating is the same way. I, I, I loved doing jumps and stuff, but I was never, I, I would, I'm a mediocre to average ice, like figure skater. I would say I never did like any double jumps or triple jumps or anything like that, where you spin multiple times in the air. I never did that. I just did single, like I can hop in the air, turn myself around and land on my back foot and go backwards. And I can do like basic spins and stuff. So I, I loved that kind of stuff. I loved, and I always was a performer. I've always loved performing in any capacity, whether it was theater, singing, playing piano or ice skating. <laughs> and so that part was really fun because it's, it's dancing on ice, you know, and you're, you're doing a routine to music. And so that was always really fun. The spinning was like my nightmare. I was like, if we could just never put any spins into any routines, that would be great because I would get so dizzy <laughs> and I could never sit, stay in one spot. Like I never understood how they just do this. I would always like move around the ice. So that was the one thing that I didn't, that wasn't really my jam, but they made me do it. That's fair. That's, my hat's off to you because that, that stuff always seemed terrifying to me. Now skiing, not a big deal. Football, not a big deal. <laughs> See, football, contact sports, not my jam. Like I played soccer and I was the worst teammate ever because I was always like afraid of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, pass it to me and I'm supposed to headbutt it. And instead I'm like ducking out of the way. <laughs> They're like, communicate on the field. I'm like, I don't want you to know that I'm open because I don't want you to send the ball my way. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> so power to you for the sports thing. No, power to you. The, I got to say, like, figure skating and stuff like that, that takes so much more discipline than going out and hitting a dude with your head. Like that, <laughs> I'm telling you, just as someone who did the other side of it yours was harder trust me oh my gosh I always felt so fancy too because I my mom would take me out of school sometimes for the afternoon to go practice my routine mm. when there was no one on the ice so it, we had like the ice altar of myself and not a lot of kids in my school figure skated so I always felt so cool like oh yeah like I have to take it off the day because I gotta go practice my figure skating routine <laughs> <laughs> hey, so. you got to be a big shot for a few hours that's, that's exactly cool. I yeah so important. I was so important. No, <laughs> <laughs> like not to brag, but yeah, you know, <laughs> might be in the Olympics, just whatever. It's not a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awesome. And so have you always lived in the Northeast or? I have. Yeah. I grew up in New Hampshire. I went to college in Maine and then I moved to Boston and now I'm back in New Hampshire. So I am definitely a Northeast New England girl all around. Very cool. Have you traveled kind of throughout the, the country a lot or? Not as much as I would like to. I, I haven't even been to Canada, which is, I feel like growing up in New Hampshire, that's weird because it's like right <laughs> there and I've never been. Um, so I'd like to go there. I have been to Nashville. I love going to Nashville. Um, I have been to Texas because I have some family out there. And I've been like up and down the East coast, but I, that's, that's it. But it's my dream to, and I don't know if this is just something I like in theory or, and I don't know if I'd actually like it in practice, but in my mind, I would love to have a van or like a RV or a camper someday and with somebody and like do a road trip across the country and just like see everything. Um, that's something I've never done that I would love to do. No, I, I totally agree with you. My fiance would never go for it. So <laughs> I'm stuck in Florida, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I totally get the appeal of that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to do that. So, um, 
And I also like, yeah, there's a lot of places in the state in the states that I haven't been. I have traveled abroad. I went to France in high school and then in college I studied abroad in Scotland and went to like I have family in Norway, so I got to go over there and, you know, meet a lot of them, which was really cool. Um went to a couple places in England. So that was really fun. Um That's cool. but I feel like when I travel again, I'd like to just see the U.S. because I'm like, there's so much here that I haven't seen. You don't even have to go to another country. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. Like, I've been basically all the southern states I've been to. And then, like, New York, Washington State. And that's about it. Mm, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm like, there's a whole middle of the country I haven't even been close to yet. So, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. I've always just been so content though, where I am that as much as I would love to do the road trip thing and I would love to travel also, if that never happens, I think I'll be fine. <laughs> it's like, it's, I was just, I, I talk about this with my family all the time because I love hiking. I love the outdoors. Um, and I'm always baffled by how much exploration I could do just in New Hampshire or New England alone and still not see everything. And I'm like, man, people travel the whole world, but I could spend my whole life just exploring this and like still be in total awe that there's so much more, you know? So I mean, it's, it's wild. It's crazy how many people before us, that was the case. They, they just stayed in one area for their whole life. And that's what they did to go look for food. <laughs> yeah. Just explored yeah. everything there. Yeah. And it's like, there's something to be said for that. Like you really get to know your roots and you really get to know your area and see it with just like more in depth and with, um, I don't know, like that it's different than, Oh, I traveled to this place and saw the sites. Right. You know, that you're not like deeply rooting yourself in an area. So I, I don't know. I'm a person who loves being rooted. So, (laughs) so that's probably just my personality talking. (laughs) And I'm the opposite. I've I've moved a lot since I turned 18. So, uh, oh really? The longest I've ever lived somewhere for one period of time was three years, and then after where's that, your like, where's your favorite place that you've lived? Oh, what a question. Um, oh, I don't know. Um, probably Austin because Austin is where I felt the most at home. Um, hmm. But even Austin kind of changed a lot. Um, throughout me living there because I moved there shit 10 years ago now um, and I lived there for a total of five years over an eight-year span um, but uh, yeah I mean, there, were, there were things about everywhere I've lived New Orleans as much as I really didn't like the city I loved the people I loved the culture um, I loved how unwilling to change they were in like a very like charming way <laughs> um, Los Angeles is it's LA like you know, there's great things and then traffic sucks. So, <laughs> and then uh, now in Orlando, um, you know, my, my fiance's parents live here. So we have some family around, which I haven't had in a long time. And Disney's great. And surprisingly, I enjoy living in Florida, which I didn't think was going to be the case. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, everywhere I've lived, there's been, you know, good things. I don't know if there's really a, a favorite, if you will. Yeah, that makes sense. Every place is so different and the people are different everywhere. And it's just like, not better, just different, you know? Exactly. But it's cool if you spend enough time in each place. Like when I studied abroad in Scotland, a lot of people who went abroad also, like every weekend they would go somewhere. They'd be like, oh, I'm going to go to Spain this weekend because it's so easy to travel when you're over there to the Mm -hmm. other countries and stuff. And I didn't do that. I was like, I just want to be here. You know, I want to see Scotland. I don't want to finish this whole experience and feel like I, you know, did this, that, and the other thing and just traveled a lot. I want to like really get to know this area. So that's just, that's just like how I am when I travel, but yeah, it's cool to live in those different places and stay long enough to like get a taste for the culture and the people and everything. Are you a homebody? I am homebody. Yeah. (laughs) But I am and I'm not. Like, it depends on the phase of my life. I mean, when I was living in Boston, my life was 90 miles a minute. Like, I was always busy out and about, going to gigs, gigging myself, going to events. And, you know, I had a job, all this stuff. So then people, I don't think I would have said I was a homebody. But 
the past couple of years, I definitely am in touch with my home body self. <laughs> well, believe it or not, we're at an hour. Um, oh, wow. I know that kind of flew by. Um, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank um, you so much for having me. This is a blast. Yeah, this is a ton of fun. I would love to have you back on at some point. So this was yeah, great. Yeah, anytime. And, uh, do you want to tell people where they can find you online or find you? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So um, I am Katie Dobbins, K-A-T-I-E-D-O-B-B-I-N-S. Um, everything about me is on my website, katiedobbinsmusic.com. And all of my social media handles are just Katie Dobbins Music. Well, at sign Katie Dobbins Music, not the word just. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I do have music on all streaming platforms that you can find as well. So thanks. And um, if you check it out, I hope that you like it. And I promise you, you will. She's really, really talented. <laughs> so, thanks. Katie, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for listening. <laughs>